Okay, it finally happened. I found a coffee expert and brought him onto the podcast. So this podcast has nothing to do with real estate, but it has everything to do with coffee. So if you like coffee, even if you don't like coffee, you should listen to this because Gustavo is a great guy. He's from El Salvador. He came to Canada. He started roasting coffee up here. Wait till you hear his story. Um, I'm just pumped to be able to share this with you. And I roped Nick into this podcast as well. So Nick is, uh, is sitting on this and Nick is not nearly into coffee as much as I am. So you hear him ask some very different questions and maybe just scratching his head as to why I even care about this stuff so much. But if you love coffee, then you need to know Gustavo and his uh, wife, Lena, who is up here. Um, he's from El Salvador. She's from Finland. They met. Um, they immigrated up here with their kids. And I'll let him fill in the rest of the story. So it's a great chat. We're just thrilled and honored to be able to support these guys in some small, tiny way by sharing their story. But they are roasting beautiful coffee here in Oakville and supplying specialty coffee shops from Toronto to to Hamilton, so just great people. And with that, let's get on with the show. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. So uh, this is a big thrill for me personally. Oh, by the way, Nick, can you hear me? No, um, I'm having difficulty. Can you Gustavo, ask We again? always check because one time we didn't do that and I don't think we recorded Nick properly or something. Uh -huh. I forget if that was the case. Anyway. No, there was no we, case. You just do it worry, for a reason. We had to check that we could record Nick. So we are live <laughs> with Gustavo. Gustavo, you are uh, the name of your company is Firebat Coffee. Yes. Is that the actual name? Firebat Coffee. Firebat Coffee Corp. Yes. Okay. I am so excited because anyone listening to this for any amount of time knows that I really am in love with coffee. And I'm in love with tequila. Those are the two things that I really, really enjoy. So to have someone who knows their coffee uh, is really a thrill for me. So Nick, you can just... Is it just coffee share. or like a, Actually, like a Nick, good espresso? Because it's not coffee. Nick's not allowed to chime in at all. No, I'm going to tell them why coffee is not good. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm looking up all the studies that say no, coffee is bad for you. And I'm going to no, I'm, I'm just not talking about if fast. coffee's good or bad. I'm just <laughs> talking my personal enjoyment. But um, what is... No, it's not coffee. Like, you don't like an American coffee. You like an espresso, right? No, a good American coffee, I'll enjoy. Oh, yeah? No, okay. It's just a good American coffee. Like, when we were at Gustavo, when we were at your place, and you had that pour-over coffee... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Nick, you'd be in shock at the flavors of this coffee. Like I always grew up to think bold, like uh, what would I say? Like rich and bold Yeah, yeah. Is, is the good coffee. Yeah. But Gustavo, someone Gustavo, Gustavo's coffee. Am I saying your name properly right now? It, it kind of. It, no, say it right. Gustavo. 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 Yes. Some of Gustavo's coffees are like, what would you go? Like, what are some of the tastes? Like you, Nick, you would be in shock. They were like fruity. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's going on with coffee right now, that is called the third wave of coffee, right? And now, like I told you that they were going into the fourth wave. So what that means is first, uh, first wave was really the cans back in the day, super smoky, ashy coffee, just a caffeine vehicle. Second wave was like the chains, massive chains out of Seattle who started, you know, to bump up oh, the you game. You don't even want to say their name, eh? No. Just out of Seattle. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where, the, I, I see where yeah, you yeah. stand. I see where you stand. Okay. And, and, and they basically, they massified the consumption of coffee and, and in a way they paved the road yeah, they, for they the did third wave. They did elevate the discussion yeah. for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Cause, cause compared to some other 
well, you know, compared some, to country, some, 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 countries, some show, the donut yeah. shops, the donut the, shops. I was going to say some donut shop coffee. I'm not a coffee expert by any stretch of the imagination, but there was a difference. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. Not even a taste, just on your stomach. It, <laughs> There's a difference, I think. Yeah. And you know what? It was more a difference in creating some sort of like cocktails type dessert okay. kind of drinks and based cult- out of coffee. And a culture around it, too. And a culture. Like you go and sit there and enjoy yeah. it, and, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was the second wave. Second wave. And then the third wave, started when uh, we, you know, in the coffee culture around the world, we started to discover that there were much more flavors in the lighter roasts of coffee. So then like the world separated into the espresso world and the pour overs for the extraction of all those like nice flavors that are quite exotic, like berries. uh, I I was in shock uh, tasting your coffee. Clementine, honey. Uh, molasses. Nick, where, where, where do those? Co- where do the, the flavors come from, though? The soil. The soil, the varietal of the coffee. Like now, you have with the how you know global uh, farming is nowadays. So I I think it's the same that happened with wine. Like you have people bringing seeds from you know Kenya to Guatemala and growing varietals that were not there back mm-hmm. in the days, but that are beautiful and there is a lot of science behind them. So then, if you if producers that process them they get well first of all coffee is a fruit before being you know the, the which beverage. most people don't know but i think I some people know. think coffee is like almost a seed, a seed yeah or like a or a grain a grain even yeah. i don't think people think of it as a fruit no no they they and think it's, it's red, like it's, rice it's red is it red color red color when it's ripe and then it turns into like a burgundy uh, color, which is the peak of the ripeness, and that's when where the sugars of the fruit are at the maximum. That's when you should collect them, but that requires you know visual inspection and and people doing it, and that is not possible in the mass-produced world of coffee. Basically, you need cheap caffeine to fuel the world. So that's that's why this third wave and this new world of coffee exists. Right. And with this coffee, you really don't need to add sugar, cream like it. It becomes such a gourmet experience like wine. And and it's a conversational item. Right. Do you feel this? Do you feel that? And it was shocking, Nick, when we had the samples at your office, your what do you call your your office? The roastery, the yeah. roastery. Yeah. When we were there and you did the pour over uh, technique to, uh-huh. to to for us to enjoy those coffees. Some of the coffee was so light. Like I was I was telling Carol, my wife, I'm like, can you taste this coffee? Like I taste fruit uh-huh. in the coffee, yeah. which I never associated coffee with fruity tastes before. Yeah. Like yeah. it was really light. Like you're just you're getting totally different taste experience in this coffee. Yeah. Um, okay. So it has to be picked at a certain ripeness. Yeah. To get some of those flavors extracted when you finally brew it. Is that yeah. what's happening? Yeah. That that's what happens. And also, um, you have producers that are becoming experts in different drying methods. So usually, coffees back in the days in Africa, they did. Uh, a process that is now gaining a lot of traction, which is called dry processing or natural sun-dried. So you basically dry the whole fruit to create like a raisin type of, you know, dried, um, yeah, fruit. And and then because of that process, you can get lots of, uh, yeah, fruity notes, like tropical fruits, stone fruits, peach, yeah, all that. Uh, as opposed to what were they doing before? As opposed to before they were washing all the layers of the fruit and just leaving the seed. 
and drying the seed, and then you get uh, coffees that are more flatter, more in the chocolatey world, good for espressos, but there's really not much fun compared to all these experiments that are taking place nowadays. And and what about the caffeine content? Where does that come? That's because because how the coffee's roasted, or no? That that is the genetics of the bean, and every bean of arabica coffee, the, the purely arabica, no hybrids, no nothing. They have one percent of caffeine, which in a eight ounce cup will be about a hundred milligrams. Okay, so caffeine. let me pause here for a second. I just want to bring everyone up to speed with your story. You're not born in Canada. No. You're born where? In El Salvador. How does someone from El Salvador, you're married to a Finnish wife? Yes. Lena, correct? Lena, yeah. Lena. So give us this, how do you get from El Salvador to Oakville, Ontario, roasting coffee in next to uh, where we have our gym, where we go to our gym? How does that, go, give it, Give us the story here and then I'll ask you more about the coffee. Yeah, yeah. So this this started three years ago. Um, when we relocated ourselves to Canada, and literally uh, before with, that, with kids or without kids, with kids, with kids, with two kids. Um, uh, right now they're seven and five, and there were two and and four uh, at the time, and it was very scary. Uh, but also, uh, I don't know. There there is this thing that that you can call it the four year old crisis or or however you want to call it. But there, I think, for a lot of people. In those uh, during those years, you get all these questions like, "What am I doing? What do I want to do in the future? Like, when I die, am I going to be proud of what I've done?" And and all these sort of questions, uh, very existential. So I I told my wife You're that a very I deep person. All right. I how, wanted, how old how old are you right now? Forty two. Forty two. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I told her I I want to quit. I don't want to be doing this. I was working for a big airline, a Latin American airline. And I was uh, managing 13 airports in the U.S. Oh, and geez. and also the the Toronto airport. And no I was way. you were man- managing Pearson. Yes, That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And and so yeah. To to make a summary, we one day we just opened the map of the world and we said, where do we want to go? What so you do we found do? you found the coldest place you could find. It was the, the <laughs> it was the middle point between El Salvador and Finland. You know, oh, got <laughs> it. Okay. Oh, wow. Everybody has de- very unique reasons for choosing Canada. Yeah. Because I knew it was it was super cold, uh, just like Finland, if we would have decided to go there. But um, but yeah, and, and we liked a lot the multiculturalism and the very progressive uh, way of thinking in Canada. Because I, I was offered when I was in the airline to go and live in Florida, and, and I didn't want to do it. Like, that's yeah. not the You're kind gonna of live next to a Walgreens, you know, a <laughs> crappy coffee. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, like, no, but you know what? It's one of the things that I, that I hear often from immigrants as well. That they're like, "Look, there's other places that have you know, like multi, like different, many different cultures living in the city." But their opinion and and was that in Toronto, it's just it's more well received. It isn't as it doesn't feel as segregated like everyone's in their own little you know in, in their uh, because it's almost just, everyone's an immigrant. I think that's why. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. it's kind of but it's kind of cool that it's recognized like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 pretty cool. So I have Polish friends now in Canada. Polish friends from Moldova, uh, Romania. Yeah. Well, yeah, Peter did. We just did a podcast with Peter from the Czech Republic. Yeah. here. I mean, it's, it's just people from all over the world, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, okay, so you decide Canada. Canada first. You navigate and through our immigration process. Yeah. How difficult was that? It took two years because hmm. we, we did the skilled workers um, like track. And 
the the project was supposed to happen in Montreal, and we had everything set. Actually, we leased the house with my wife in in Montreal. And after some days there, like there's again this hunch, uh, and I was sailing those years, uh, you know, with like intuition. Like I'm not gonna lie, I violated all the rules of business that I learned. Like I did an MBA, my wife as well, but we just went with feeling. And and yeah, I, this I tell, this is how I talk to Nick all the time. He just laughs at me because <laughs> <laughs> th- there's something that doesn't add up, but you cannot explain. You know it, what? Because right? so Montreal, look, we have some good clients from Montreal <laughs> and stuff. But you're giving me the perfect opportunity. It was probably the Montreal Canadiens, the hockey team. You don't want to be a Habs fan, a Montreal Canadiens fan. So you came to Toronto, where you could be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. So it makes perfect uh-huh. sense to me. Yeah, that was your gut speaking to yeah. you. Yeah, and <laughs> like I, I didn't f- like Montreal. is beautiful. It's a it's beautiful, beautiful city. It is is beautiful but i i remember i told my wife if we had no kids or if we would be a student or something yeah good point but, yeah i can see that but not like because yeah even though and i i learned french from zero to fluent just to make the project happen oh wow but even then and so finally uh, the last point of the equation is the person um toronto airport manager lives in oakville and he was my friend, so I I came to Oakville. I saw the city for a week, and I wow. to me it's beautiful, and I stayed. <laughs> That's crazy, and, and and then you found a lease. Like, how did you find where you're roasting? Co- that was a, another referral from the friend or something. That was a realtor. A realtor uh, found that space. Uh-huh. But how wow. did you decide? That's I'm, crazy. I'm curious about the coffee. So you're working, you're managing these airports uh-huh. for this airline. Wow, did you get into coffee when you came here? Was that that the plan, though? You're like, well, I'm going to move to Canada and do this? Because I was already in love with coffee, and and it started to grow. You know, I have this sort of personality that, uh, like, I've been doing diving and motorcycling but when when i pick something like i start to scratch the surface and go down and deep and down and deep that's why this is, i see a lot of similar this is why you and him get along yeah, i see yeah, this yeah, now i totally yeah, understand yeah. where he's coming yeah, from yeah. nick and i bought a property now we own a real estate brokerage you know it's <laughs> the same thing it was yeah. all backwards yeah. <laughs> same thing yeah so you start to get into you know the technicalities and the science of it and then you get excited and you want to learn more and do more so eventually i said you know what this has a to me, it has a, an ethical purpose because El Salvador is the most deforested country in the Americas. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Wow. So, and El Salvador is the size of Lake Ontario. Yeah. Gustavo was saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So is it, that small? That small. Wow. And in that little piece of land, you have 20,000 coffee producers, most of them like struggling, like you have no idea with climate change, with social problems, with everything. So I, I, I kind of found a call in in my passion for coffee and the situation of El So Salvador. everybody just owns a little piece of land is growing coffee, yeah. basically. <laughs> and Nick, you, you uh, Gustavo, you were saying that um, it's the volcanic... How many volcanoes are in that small space? About 120. Nick, 120 volcanoes. volcanoes. I'm looking it up right now. I got to look up this place. So, <laughs> so that many coffee producers, it literally is independent farmers who are just growing coffee. Yeah. And they yeah. sell it to not locals. They're no, selling it to companies. In general, like the good coffees, usually the, the good coffees, I mean, for exportation, right? They are consolidated by exporters and mills that they process the coffees and then are shipped, um, you know, to big chains. But the real, the specialty, the jewels of the coffee, they are just direct traded. Uh, okay, so is that how, so? How are you sourcing your coffee? It's a friend of yours. Yeah. So um, my 
it's like my brother. So he's 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 a really good friend um, of mine, and he gave me a lot of support in this project. And he's the one in El Salvador who does the sourcing. He's already a roaster, and he has been in coffee for over about twelve years now. So with him together, we started the the idea and the project, and we said, yeah, well, you know what? I I think I'm gonna uh, uh, migrate. So you and not only moved countries, you moved countries and changed careers. Yeah, because if Nick, you that's if, insane. If you're gonna start that's, that's insane. again, let's do it all the way. <laughs> yeah, no, good for yeah. you. Good for you. See, yeah. see, I'm the type of person that now that I hear that this story, I'm not even a, a huge coffee person, but I'm like, I want that coffee. Yeah, <laughs> like I want your coffee just because I know the story, and I just you. and I just I think I'm like, oh man, it's got to be good. Like if you know these coming from these private little guys, this guy knows his stuff. It's coming up here. It's not mass produced. I'm like, yeah. I'm in. Like yeah. I'm. I, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, need, we're, we're I need to, to get rid of my Nespresso you, machine. Well, we do you make? Back yeah. Do you make Nespresso pods with no. your coffee? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but we have to go back and do the multi-cup tasting again, but which we'll get to. But anyway, so your friend is actually the farmer then? No, he's a roaster, and we both, we bought a, a small farm awesome. like yeah, three years ago, which is like a medium-term project. So we reforested completely uh, only with very, you know, sick varietals, like awesome varietals of coffee. We said, you know what, this is going to be the, the future dream. And uh, it's going well. Uh, trees are healthy. And uh, why so is El Salvador so deforested? Before we move forward, it basically because of the population. So it's the size of Lake Ontario, but it has about six million wow. uh, people inside. And many of the people in the rural areas they use wood for cooking. So as a fuel. Got so it. then you know that. Wow, such a small area. There's urban areas and rural areas. Yeah. Such a small country. I thought maybe it's just all <laughs> urban. But okay. No. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. So they're using the wood yeah. for survival, yeah. basically. Yeah. Okay. So again, then if if nobody really supports, right, like sustainable agriculture, then more and more they will take over what's left, right? And even the coffee plantations. Okay. So you yeah. have your uh, farm there that you're actually growing coffee. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's yeah. the coffee that you're currently brewing? No. Okay, no. so tell us what you're brewing. So hold on, you have your own farms there where you're going for coffee? Yeah, as you were Googling up there, he bought a, they bought a farm three years ago? We oh, have well. a, small, a small farm, but that is like a, a medium-term project. So that's not the coffee that we're bringing. Um, we are working with a group of... Um, Wait a second. So through you, we can buy our own coffee. What is it, a tree? That you plant? You is can, it a coffee tree? You can buy some acres the, of no, but of, the fruit of the of the coffee it's coming from a tree yeah, or a plant. Yeah. No, it's a tree. It's a tree. It's a tree. Okay. Oh my gosh, Nick, we can buy through Gustavo. I want. We're one. very kind to him. We can buy our own coffee trees. Yeah, that'd be great. As an investment into his farm. Uh-huh. This is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. We'll we'll talk about that uh, offline afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you you're getting some other coffee from. El Salvador, where you know the growers, I yeah. assume. Yeah. So it, right now it's a portfolio of around between 15 and, and 20 producers. And um, so each one is doing different things, and that is reflected in the flavor. But we, for the most part, we work with Cup of Excellence producers. And Cup of Excellence is like the highest uh, our worldwide award for coffee quality that it, uh, takes place in producing countries under the same standard. 
So that's uh, where you have those tasters who are swooshing around the coffee in exactly. their mouths and, and raiding all the coffees. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And okay. that's where they discover a lot of the notes. And then as roasters, you can then uh, highlight them uh, with the roasting. And why is El Salvador a good coffee producing country? Because Based of the volcanoes? The volcanoes and the, the weather. So if from Mexico all the way to the, um, the, um, the Amazon, that's the the belt where coffee thrives in in America, basically, and the, that's where you have Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, and it's the altitude. The now, why do you need the altitude? You need it because coffee um, ripens uh, very slowly. It takes nine months from from the flower to the fruit to be ready to be picked. So during those nine months, uh, the sugars are building up inside the fruit and you need the temperature to be cool and that the coffee will have shadow, no stress, so that that fruit turns out to be as delicious as, as it can be. Okay, got it. So the so it's the elevation the that elevation. provides actually the cool the cool, coolness. Yes. Okay. Yes. Wow. Yeah. All right. So 9 months and then it's the coffee's picked. And at that point, you are you shipping it up here right now? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Actually, we have the new container is in two days, it will get to Montreal. So how are you Michigan. packaging it to make sure it's good, clean coffee? So Rodrigo, uh, my friend and business partner in El Salvador, he vacuum seals. So he takes care of all those steps. So then when I receive the coffee here, I just have like boxes uh, with 88 pounds of uh, green beans inside, uh, well labeled uh, from which farm. Um, and everything and vacuum know. sealed in the, those foil bags yeah. kind of mm -hmm. okay as opposed to burlap sacks exactly where it moisture is getting in and so, so you're protecting it through the transportation process yeah. to the best you can I guess yeah that's yeah. probably the only way to transport it I would imagine then that's one and then we have seen like some Japanese um, um, you know buying the uh, refrigerated uh, containers all the way from El Salvador to Japan to preserve the quality. Wow. So Japan's a big coffee drinking yeah. culture? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. They they are like, uh, I would say, top five countries in the science and in the push for greater experience in coffee. Japan, South Korea. Finland. Uh, most the Scandinavian countries. Yeah, yeah, the Scandinavians like their coffee. Yeah. Okay, where are we, Canada? Tim Hortons. We're like... Where are we? Top twenty-five. But it's happening. <laughs> Is it? It's yeah. happening. No, I know it's happening. I'm just yeah, joking around. Yeah. And I'm a Tim Hortons fan too. Come on, I'm Canadian. <laughs> of course, I'm a Tim Hortons fan. But downtown, uh, downtown, there are more specialty coffee places opening up with yeah. different, with more variety and things like in that. In Oakville specifically, there's not too many here in Oakville, but not Toronto no. for sure. Oh yeah, Hamilton, you were saying for sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, Oakville, we have a few. Yeah, yeah. There, there are a few. But but yeah, for the, you know Oakville how how it is right? It's it's a it's a suburb in yeah, yeah, for the most yeah. part. Yeah. So people, I I would say I can imagine they, a lot of them they would drink their coffee, uh, on uh, while they commute or when they reach their offices. Mm -hmm. So who are you selling to? Are you selling to the end? You you're selling to people like Tom? Or are you selling to like restaurants and or, or both? And do everyone? Uh, no, yeah. but but uh, yeah. So mostly what we do is wholesale. Um, we also have an online store, so we always ship our, our coffees. We have shipped coffees to Halifax, to BC, uh, and many other places. But uh, yeah, it, it's wholesale. And uh, in Oakville, we work with Tribeca on Lakeshore, uh, Sugar Sweets. They're also on Lakeshore. 
uh, in, in okay so the the, the the shops that want specialty coffee they're finding you you're finding them mm-hmm. and you're supplying these places yeah. so they have different third wave type coffee yeah okay yeah. okay so can you break it down for me now on the coffee when it comes in to, so you get it shipped up from El Salvador you're roasting it how often up here so every week every, every week, week you're doing a new roast so, yeah so if, if anybody would stop at the roastery uh, what we have there will be 15 days maximum of, of being roasted so that also gives you a totally different experience with aroma with flavors um, why okay so how is other shoppy uh shoppy what am i saying coffee shipped up is is it usually just in containers like how's cheaper copy sh- i can't even speak <laughs> i need a coffee how's it how is it shipped up here so uh, in a container okay yeah. is yeah, it already roasted no green no no not yours um, but like other coffee that we're buying like i guess well, what, whatever. If you go example. to the grocery store, go yeah, Nescafe. Nes- that's packaged oh, yeah, and roasted. Okay, okay. So that would be roasted. No, but the grocery somewhere. stores have beans too, where you can get you can get the beans at the grocery store. Yeah, but they're roasted, so they're already oh, they roasted, roasted in South America somewhere. No, the, the, okay. there are like big commercial roasters here in Toronto, here in, in Canada. That, okay. that they do. Yeah, that they get their beans in burlap sacks and they just do you know dark roast or something like that. Not too much in terms of flavors, but it's. Again, it's mass consumption. Okay, got it. So yeah. you are taking small batches, and then how do you roast it to extract the proper flavors? Is it all to do with the bean, and the roasting is the same for every type of bean, or is it different? That's the from? secret, Tom. That's yeah, the I secret. can see him smiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. No, but, but you, have you seen his roasting de- machine? What do you call no. this big roasting the ro- machine? Yeah, the oh, roast. It's, yeah, it's so cool. It must smell nice in that place, though. I know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, no, it is... Um, it, it's different for different beans and and mostly because of the density so some beans because of the altitude and and how they have been you know grown they're very dense so they can take a lot of heat while others might be more fragile and you have to be more gentle with the roasting so that that's the process and you discover that by roasting small amounts and seeing how the the bean behaves and you cup them and you check for the flavors and this then is a, so this has got to be a, yeah that's what this is yeah. got to be a labor of love because you have an mba so where did you learn about roasting coffee on youtube or what no so i i took lessons in in el salvador but really it was rodrigo my my business partner yeah. who polished me because he he has been judged for a cup of excellence judge for uh, barista competitions so he was already very advanced in the the knowledge of, of coffee and and he has been roasting coffee for the last 10 years and so, i think some of the ones that we tried from you have one cup of excellence is it some of the beans don jaime yeah don jaime that's don how jaime. you say it. don jaime that's the one that was that the lighter roast one which uh-huh. i could taste the fruity flavors yeah, yeah. and um with with that one why are we doing a pour over is that the proper way to extract the because you know what you know you know why i'm asking because usually i'll do in the summer when i have time i'll grind my beans with a hand grinder and i'll do a french press yeah by myself i'll grind it i'll i have a little scale gustavo uh-huh. you'd be very proud yeah uh, nick's seen me do this it takes me a long time i grind it but it's very therapeutic yeah i grind it then i weigh my grinds mm-hmm. and then i put it in my french press yeah. and then i have the water yeah. and the croatian water is actually really good yeah. no it's got mineral contents very very good and then i i have my espresso and it's uh sorry my my french press uh-huh. and it's actually very very beautiful but here in canada i have an espresso machine and i have a little less time so i'll just uh 
put the beans in the espresso machine and I'm really picky about my grind level if it's not too fine not too coarse and my water and I'll make a nice espressos that way yeah so that's what I do in Canada yeah but for you I noticed you're doing the the pour over with paper filters which I was confused by yeah. why are you doing that method in in all honesty I find that I extract most of the notes and and the, the most of the potency of that coffee with the paper filter and going with a gooseneck uh, kettle, wetting the the I grounds. I know that's my next move. That gooseneck kettle, like, definitely getting one of those. Yeah. So you go, you go gradually, uh, just because it's 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 chemistry, right? So you have you have particles that they hold uh, notes that uh, of flavor that will react with hot water. So if you just pour everything right away. Or uh, right, uh, you're gonna make some sort of like a cone when you when the the flow of water is going through, so the walls will not extract as the center basically. So, so that, you're just that's why a little bit of coffee. That's yeah. why you were pouring a little bit of. I know Nick thinks this is uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I, think I, it's I know. Brilliant. I think it's brilliant. Okay, so you're just pouring <laughs> a little bit of water at a time. The one thing I'm confused about is I I know that there's a health benefit to coffee um, that I thought with paper filters. I had read that the paper filters actually absorb some of the oils that yeah. from a health perspective might be very beneficial and you want to use a metal filter and not a paper filter. But you were explaining the the paper filter. Well, yeah, I forget. Why do you like the paper filter? So paper filter, yes, it will capture uh, a lot of the oils, but also will capture the even the most tiny like dust-like particles, right? So your cup of coffee will be super clean. Okay, so well, really, this is the cup of excellence level that you're going to. But you will be surprised, like when when you know the the gurus, right, are, are cupping the the coffees. They just pour a uh, hot water in a very coarse uh, grind setup, like at the French press. And you have seen the, the like I know, little, I've, little I've bowls. I've watched the YouTube videos. This and, is, yeah. with a spoon and. Nick, and, have you seen these guys do the cupping test? No, they like. They suck up the coffee with like a spoon, uh-huh. and then they slurp it all like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and they're it's like wine, and then they're like doing all this stuff. It's crazy. I don't think I, this is crazy. Listening to you like make the coffee, I was like, man, I should really get a coffee machine and start <laughs> yeah. enjoying some of this coffee yeah, yeah. just because it sounds is, so good. Ti- you know, the thing is, the catch is the time here in Canada. We're rushing around so much in the morning. Sometimes you want to press a button. Yeah, I know you think this is insulting right now, but no. This, but but this is where if you can get good good beans, you know what, Tom? I I just think that and and that's what my advice is always. You know, this is more of living according to your terms, right? Yeah, like yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said. So like in my opinion, if you enjoy your coffee, then you know, just take some minutes to do it. It right? is that's weird. Fair. It that's is fair. weird. Once you learn about it, like I was telling uh, Nick, Nick, I think knows this, Gustavo. I think you know this that. I was experimenting with my new espresso machine, all the different grind levels mm-hmm. against all the different water Waters. types and all the different bean types I could acquire. Do you know how many variables that is? I, yeah, it's I exponential. Was, I was, yeah, I was <laughs> brewing coffee. My nieces were over. My sister-in-law was over. My brother. I was feeding everybody coffee. Yeah. Everybody was freaking out, hopped up on coffee. But, you know, we really could start to taste. I could understand when the grind was, well, let me get this straight. I think when I went too fine on most beans, I was getting sour. Mm-hmm. sour. Is that right? Yeah. And I was going too coarse it was becoming bitter yeah. and then I noticed if I put in 
my um, purified reverse osmosis water that that flavors weren't as flavorful in the coffee as if I put in aquapana yeah. or some of the Italian mineral waters. Yeah. So then I thought, oh my gosh, if I get the right grind level with the white water level, even from my simple espresso machine that is grinding in real time, yeah. I can get a beautiful espresso. Yeah. Yeah. And I started feeding some of my neighbors, these Italian guys, great guys, I started giving them my espresso and they were tasting this and it wasn't bold. You know how, you, how most people associate a good espresso with just bold and uh, like rich, a kick like yeah, a kick yeah. and my espresso it's a little less bold it's mm -hmm. actually not completely bold a little less bold and you could you could taste the flavors yeah now when i go somewhere and i get an espresso and it's just a bold harsh kick i'm like ah these guys are lazy <laughs> they're lazy they didn't try all the settings they didn't test the water because even an espresso which uh, you, I know everybody thinks is a bold coffee. You can really get a nice yeah. cup of espresso. Yeah. Is, is that, how off am I? Am I am I correct on this? In in the espresso, it, there's also like infinite uh, options. Sure. Okay. And you will be so surprised that in in coffee shops like in Japan or Norway, you can have espressos that have a, an acidity that would be close to a lemon juice. It will be like, why do I want that? But that's you know different people, different tastes. And, and yeah, to acidity in coffee is something very desired in the worldwide, right, of, of, of coffee. So, yeah. And uh, I so think this third wave of, wave of coffee, sorry, Nick, that you're talking about. Let's get no, so this third wave of coffee that you're talking about, this is growing, because I guess, it, is it like, you know, it's been around for the last five years and it's kind of, you know, at the same level or you're just seeing more and more interest in it? Because I, cause the way I'm equating it to is the rest of the way the rest of the kind of food chain's gone and there's a lot more interest in people from you know not so much local in this case because the coffee beans up here you know um non-existent but but like from a more kind of smaller producers yeah. more curated that type of thing so yeah. you're still seeing overall not just i'm not talking about your business but i'm just overall that trend is kind of growing in north america in as no well i yeah. think i think worldwide and, yeah. and I, I think more and more people they want to know what they put inside their bodies and they want to know that somebody that's a good way to put it which yeah. that trend is yeah yeah that's yeah. that's why I'm, that's yeah, why it's inter yeah, yeah. it interests me you, you are now you know you you hear about mct oil and this and and organic and and in small uh, breweries for beer and and in my opinion you know i would say i cannot say 10 out of 10 but maybe 9 out of 10 places that they engage themselves in like small batches craft all that it's always better it, the taste is so much better mm -hmm. so i i think that's what's that's going why, on. that's why now nick to your point earlier i can go i was in san diego at a breakfast restaurant and i had a regular like i would call it an american cup of coffee but it was a great cup of coffee and, and nick knows i generally well, that's don't, a good restaurant though yeah I, yeah they, they were I, they, it was the, all nick, organic and yeah, I, I just organic. know from the food that it was, it was organic coffee, eggs right? it was like a little boutique breakfast place mm -hmm. and they served this coffee i sat there with and i generally don't like just like a standard kind of cup of coffee it was amazing like mm -hmm. i enjoyed that cup of coffee with my breakfast and because i'm usually more an espresso type ah. guy mm -hmm. um but nick just to your point when it's a good coffee mm -hmm. i can appreciate it now because i think i've gone through so much experimentation myself like you have yeah where you're like okay this is a good cup of coffee and what? then when you have a bad cup of coffee you're like guys <laughs> this thing is a piece of crap what like, about what all this saying? mold and microtoxin yeah what about BS all that is that, that, is that is a is lot it BS of just or nonsense or? no that exists but uh once again if you are going for li for lighter roasts you cannot hide it so we always say in the lighter roast you have the truth of the coffee 
if it has beautiful notes, you'll taste it. If it has mold, you'll get all these weird notes like vegetable notes or, or earthy notes. And that is the signal of, of bad uh, produced uh, coffees. Huh. But again, you dark roast it and you just there kill it goes. all that. Yeah, so you kill it because it's just brute force. Yeah, it's basically yeah. just like, got it. Huh. So the dark roast is a cheap and easy way just to kill it all. Like you can mask everything or mask it. You're probably still yeah, getting isn't there some something of it. at Starbucks? Isn't there a new thing at Starbucks like blonde? Is it a blonde thing at Starbucks? I, I know I'm not. I'm, I don't mean you know I'm not. I don't know if that's good. Well, isn't there something lighter? See, I don't, yeah. know, I don't know anything. No, about no, that. they do have like a blonde. I think is is that new? Fairly new. No, it's a few years, years now. A few, few years, years now. That's yeah. how that's how up to date I am on coffee. I'm uh-huh. only a few years behind. Yeah. I'll get here. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so somebody starting, if they wanted to play around with coffee, I would think at home, if they were to buy your beans, for example, uh-huh. would the easiest way then to be a French press? Yeah. That okay. So how many can you what, what are some rules of thumb? Like how much how much coffee would you put per cup? Like how much ground coffee it per gr- in, in, in grams? Yeah. So I, I always tell, you know, the best cup of coffee is the one that you like. No, but I as know. a starting parameter. I, yes, as a starting um, parameter. I, I use personally and I suggest always to start with a 14 uh, to 1 ratio. And what that means is 14 ml of water per 1 gram of coffee. And then you you do you know the the proportion if it, you want to do like you know a 300 ml cup of coffee or half a liter, then that that would be the the, the, right the proportion. Region. I always find I end up putting a bit more coffee when I try to read these rules of thumb and I experimented because uh, mm-hmm. and again I'll, I'll I'll let Nick be my proof. I sit around all summer for weeks every morning testing different amounts of coffee to the water ratio and nick i know you've seen me measure this stuff out oh yeah, yeah. and sometimes i go too far and one time i gave his wife a cup of coffee because yeah, she was enjoying the coffee time. with me uh-huh. and i said uh, diana here i you know here's this morning's brew you know here you go and i i could handle it okay and she had it and was she was wired out of her mind or something no i think i just went overboard because i was just i was i was trying to see how much coffee i could get away with yeah and uh yeah i went a little too far and she was a little bit but <laughs> wired from the coffee but okay so 14 to 1 ratio yeah you grind those beans up for those people who don't make a french press don't know how to make a french press can you walk people through it because it's fairly simple and yeah. i think it's a nice pure way to enjoy it in in again um so in in another like good rule of thumb is that a, a normal tablespoon will hold about eight grams of coffee so again you know you can use that to do your calculations but um but yeah, you just grind it uh, for French press, very coarse, and then yeah, just uh, boil the water. Uh, and when it has boiled, just wait about a minute because the temperature should be in the order of 95, 96 Celsius, so below boil- boiling. And then you pour the the water, the desired amount of water, and then you wait. Uh, I. So Honestly, you put the grounds in the coffee grind, in, uh, the ground coffee in the French press. In the French, yeah. And you pour in the water. The water and you just stir, stir it. it a little a bit. A little bit, yeah. yeah. And then you put the top of the French the press. Top, you don't plunge it. You don't plunge and it. And you wait three and a half or four minutes. In all honesty, I wait six minutes. Oh. That's the time that I that I enjoy. I feel that. Blowing my mind right now. I've that, never waited six minutes. That then you extract more of, really? of, the, of the flavors. But uh, the. So if you wait that long, do you also get more caffeine? Or no? Yeah, a little bit more. Oh, it, I like like with with the longer extraction, you you will get always a little bit more. Like with cold brew, for example, that stays twenty four hours, 
uh, brewing. Yeah, Nick, in cold we tried water. his cold brew there. The cold brew was nitro fuel. Oh yeah. I told Nick if he's gonna do a big workout or competition, oh, yeah. to have go to your, the gym. Go yeah. to your. You have oh, your have cold, heart attack. No, have man. your cold. Brew. No, no. I think when it's clean coffee. That's what I'm wondering. So like the one reason I don't <laughs> when drink you're coffee. Have a heart attack. Well, no, because I get pretty cranked up on coffee, but then uh-huh. when I come down off the caffeine, it's I like I kind of like it's just not good. Like I'm not happy about it i'm not feeling completely there like i just i'm like i really feel like i go i have these peaks and valleys yeah. and that's why i'm like i just don't like this stuff but that has to do with the with the varietals of coffee so in in mass produced coffee you know capsules and and commercial chains usually you will find in the coffee either a percentage or full um of robusta beans and robusta beans they are cheaper than the arabigas they can be sometimes labeled as arabigas because there are a lot of hybrids um but also those beans has they have double the caffeine as the the arabigas so it maybe doesn't sound too extreme if you say double the caffeine but it is because in a cup of coffee instead of having 100 milligrams you have you know, 200, Ooh, 300, it's a lot. So then people get all these jitters and, and all these weird reactions, but it's because of bad caffeine. Like it took me a while to understand because also with like with tequila, you'll be like, how much alcohol is in this bottle? And yeah, it will say it's... 20%. But if it's a bad 20%, you will be destroyed, right? The the hangover. and. Mm. In, in no, I'm sold. Yeah. I'm, I'm already thinking. So I need to we buy. Can, we can have some. Te- if you need some tequila, we can have some tequila. <laughs> Don't really. <worry. laughs> I need to go buy a, be- a French press and try some of this coffee. I need to bring some. Home. But, but, I, so, I just looked on your. I looked on your site too. I want this one with the cherry. This is the one you were talking about. The good stuff with the cherries. What was it called? Don. Don Jaime. Uh, Don Jaime. Yeah, honey, apricot, this, and red cherry. You yeah. have some Don Jaime, and then yeah. you have some Don Julio. Yeah. No, but I just want to uh, understand something. The robusta bean. So it's mixed in with Arabica beans a lot of times? Yeah, as a filler, because of the, the in the commodity price, the the Robusta is way, way cheaper than the Arabica. So there's always a temptation, you know, to put 20%, 30%, 40% of Robusta beans inside of... Because I found, of yeah, when I have a good coffee, I don't feel like I'm getting a lot of caffeine. I feel like it's a controllable amount of caffeine. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like super cranked up when yeah. I have a but I've had other cups of coffee where I don't know the source of the coffee and you have it and I feel like like I'm walking and I yeah I feel like my heart I feel like the blood's going through yeah. my veins I feel like jacked up on caffeine yeah. and it's different on the caffeine energy I get from a clean cup of coffee just feels constant yeah. it feels like a nice level yeah. of, of, of energy but uh, okay so there was the uh, French press and the equipment that people uh, should use is just like I think Bodum is one of the bigger French press makers right they make those little glass things and you press down. Exactly. You can get it on Amazon. On Amazon. Ikea. Ikea uh, has like, them. Yeah. Okay. Canadian and you can Tire. get a little scale off Amazon too to measure your coffee. But if the scale, you know, becomes so much of a, another gadget and you don't have so much counter space, like I would use the rule of thumb the of tablespoon, the, the tablespoon. Which is eight grams. And, you know, one gram less, one gram more. It's Okay. Really and then better. a kettle to boil the coffee, a plastic spoon pro- or, yeah, or a wooden spoon to mix the coffee. Or, or metal. Metal. Yeah, yeah. I think I was feeling like I was going to. Yeah. 
no break my plastic, glass. man. What are you? What, no, you know what it was? I, I, I put a, I think I put a metal spoon in my glass thing, and I think I was like, it was all hot. I'm like, I'm gonna crack this thing because yeah. I was I was stirring a little bit too hard. Um, okay, and the pour over. How does the pour over work? You need one of those. Where do you get those little vase looking things that sits on top of a glass? So it again, it can be online or your local coffee shop. And like what's the name Trivec- of it? Just a pour over. V60. A V60? A V60. That's the ger- generic name or that's uh-huh. a brand name? So that uh, comes from Japan, Hario V60. Oh, and, okay. And Hario the brand. has a lot of different devices uh, for coffee, which are awesome. Um, but yeah, so the, the difference with the French press is that with the that cone, you have to be actively brewing your coffee. Okay. So if it's something that you do in the morning and you just want, you know, maybe to finish you to get ready for go to work like the french press you can just put the timer and that's it so i i find that very convenient but if you want you know to yeah to enjoy the process and everything to me go with the the cone and the paper filter and the paper the, filters where do you buy those they they come with the with the cone okay but again same uh same place online or the local coffee shop they they okay, always so you buy them. one of these v60s is it also a coarse ground no that it will be medium what we say medium uh grind medium grind sorry yeah, yeah. mixing medium. up all the lingo here medium grind medium. okay paper filter medium grind and then you pour over gently not so so there's a flood of water in there so the extraction process is proper exactly so it'll take you how long to do a pour over then it takes um four minutes that's how long you guys were doing the pour over for yeah so you pour over a little bit you wait you, you pour over another little bit and wait that's how it goes well you you can you basically pour like three times the amount you know the but the you wait because of the the shape of the cone and the resistance of of the ground uh the coffee grounds to allow the the whole amount of water to pass through that's Okay, got it. And is it also a 14 to 1 ratio on water? T- it is? Yeah, I, I always say start there. And, yeah. you know, according to your own desire, like if you want like more uh, stronger one, then up those. Does it matter? I guess it's better if you grind the beans fresh right before oh, you make yeah. the cut. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah always. He, always. How can he ask such well, a I question? I, mean, I, mean, hey, I saw you? that you sell you, you bags of can, ground coffee. Well, I'm like, I, so how long, did the, how long does it stay good in the bag of, of coffee once it's ground? So if if you take care of it, like you know, the the bag basically protects the bean from moisture, sunlight, and oxygen, which um, are really the elements that uh, work against the coffee. So once you, if you have the bag untouched, so I would say within three months, unless you are a professional Q grader coffee connoisseur, okay, you can't tell a difference. I don't think so. Okay, um, but you're saying a professional can. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I, I would say, you know, take it within within a month. And if you grind your your your, you know, like your weekly consumption of coffee, that that's fine. That's sometimes we do Which that. Which is I think uh-huh. a lot of people will do. They'll grind how much they need for the week. For the week. And then and store it in where? What would be a good thing to store? You if you have a, a an airtight container. Just any yeah, airtight any container. Any airtight so, okay, container. So you don't need to do it fresh then. You can do no. it. That's what I'm saying. But if you really want it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, that would be like the best. But Nick, again. if you really want to talk to us about this, now I'm with Gustavo. I'm on this side. I'm on the part of the third yeah. way. No, I, well, I can tell the difference in my questions and <laughs> yeah. your, your questions are like, yeah. what's this pour over and how? <laughs> yeah. why do you have to pour for four minutes? I'm like, how, how the hell do you why grind do we, the beans? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you know, like, again, it, it will be, I, I guess, the same with, with many gourmet uh, products, but if you start with a very good ingredient, 
then even though it might lose something, it's still going to be great. Yeah, okay. That's the... Yeah. So that's yeah, like me and my meat. I can talk about my meat for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I but go and visit my cows. I go to my cows and I talk to them. I'm like, I'm going to eat you soon. <laughs> me and you, we're going to, you know, we're going to hang out at my dinner table. He chases <laughs> some chickens around. You're yeah. going to be mine next. <laughs> Give me your eggs. That, that's a good example. You know, some people, I don't eat meat, but if, you know, they, they I've seen uh, people that they, they are passionate about it. And they always tell me, you know, if you have a good steak, you don't uh, burn it. You don't overcook no. it. Oh, it's yeah. hard. You, you got to try to yeah, yeah. overcook it. Yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. throw a gallon of sauce on top of no. it. No. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's so exactly the same with coffee. Like yeah. no need of sugar, no need of cream, no need of any of that if the coffee is really, Like really any good, good quality stuff. Well, I mean, it's no different than the tequila. I was drinking some of that tequila on the weekend with some, some neighbors were over. You gave and some of your neighbors the good stuff? Yeah, I know. Oh, I must have been drinking too much that day. <laughs> no. And um, and they drank it, and they were in, they were like, wow, this is not what I was expecting as far... You know, was they, it cold they or room temperature? It wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't freezer cold. It was cold, but it wasn't like freezer cold Like because it's nicer even when it's like that. But it, it, was, it was a good temperature, um, and they were shocked. Right. You know? And then they quickly wanted another one. Yeah, some, some, people, <laughs> some people don't like tequila. I have some Don Julio 1942 at home, chilled. And so if you don't like tequila and you have that tequila, you're like, okay. But uh, but then the real way, Nick and I will like to have it sometimes is war- you know, warm so you could taste the flavors and stuff. But yeah. someone who's like just getting into it will chill it and give it to them. And oh, they, that u- is just like- they usually are like, oh, what's that? Yeah. That's yeah. not the tequila I'm, I'm used to. But with the coffee, I find part of the frustration around a good cup of coffee is, I guess it, it also makes it really fulfilling when you get a good cup, is playing around with the grinds. Like when I first got my own hand grounder, I, I didn't understand how to set the little internal mechanism to get fine grounds and, and coarser grounds. So you end up ruining a few cups of coffee. And because you can only have a few cups of coffee a day, yeah. you know, you end up like, damn, I messed that coffee up. And I'm kind of like pissed off. You know, I'm like, I don't know if you this happens to you, but I'm like, shit, I screwed yeah. that up. And I'm, I'm disappointed in my coffee. And it kind of ruins my day a little bit. I'll just tell you the truth. And then the next day I'm all hyped up again. I'm like, okay, today I'm going to get it right. And I try to grind it perfectly. And when you nail all of the things properly, you just feel like you hit the jackpot. Right? It is. And then you can keep it. Then you know all the things that you're going to do. But when you ruin it, it's kind of like just frustrating. Yeah. You've gone through the same yeah, process, yeah. I assume? In, in the espresso world, we call that the God shot. When <laughs> you just, but it doesn't happen again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Everything, That's yeah, good. The God shot. The God yeah. shot. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I feel like the God shot will happen for me after a specific meal. That you, Then I have the espresso perfectly kind of set up and it just kind of hits perfectly. Can, let me ask something else. And I don't know if this is true or not. Are the, the, the quality of beans that some other countries will take, so let's say like the European Union, do they hold the coffee beans that you're allowed to import to a higher standard than like Canada does? I wouldn't really I don't have any information okay. that okay. would signal that. Yeah. No, because the for exporting there there are some like worldwide uh aspects okay. that you have to fulfill in terms of size, defects, everything. So I I don't think so. Okay. Uh I just think that in North America traditionally, you know, and it until the very very recent years the beans have been very much of like the same kind of beans. I see. Uh, like bold and rich. Like, yeah, not you cannot do so much with them, right? And I, I just think that, that Europe has, in, in some places in Asia, they have been opening these channels 
for which is more a little, exclusive which, yeah. which is a little bit of a disservice i find because i find here in canada if you give somebody a cup of coffee and it's not bold and rich they think it's not a good cup of coffee because they're used to bold and rich yeah so if you have a light flavorful almost like Nick, a fru- fruity type flavor. Some people will be like, oh, well, I don't know yeah. what I'm tasting. But it's right? like wine. I mean, w- w- wines come a long way yeah, too totally. with different people. It does, you know, you're, you don't have to like this type of wine because it's from an old world, you know, uh, vineyard, right? You can like a Chilean wine that's a lot cheaper, but it's only cheaper because it doesn't have the name behind it and it's a new vineyard or something. I just find just we're, not, good, we're right? not there with coffee yet. But no, no, started, I agree. I agree. But I just mean, I think people are more open to stuff as they learn things. But you're totally. right. But it's just because you're battling like in wine it wasn't the same you're, you know every all these different restaurants have the same thing you have the lcbo but you're battling like what two or three main providers of coffee like you're trying to really change that's a hard consumer habit to change yeah but yeah. The, but the people once the people break through like you there's no there's no turning back it's fun you know? you know it's a bit of a distraction i have to admit and it's a little bit meditative when i go through the process of brewing the coffee mm-hmm. i do find it very relaxing for some reason yes the grinding the brewing it sounds ridiculous maybe but no. i do find that way no. yeah no i know you're so i have to ask you something now in my espresso machine um can you put beans that are not like an espresso roast in an espresso machine yes what am i actually am i, am I, am I getting the right flavors through it though so espresso really is it means by pressure yeah right? okay uh, so it, it's a process of brewing so technically you can put any anything beans. okay okay uh the the only thing that's going to happen is the espresso it highlights the the acidity in the lighter roasts so if you have a, a very light roasted coffee and you make an espresso, it's going to be very acid, maybe even sour. So once again, that's, that's so funny you say that because the roast I was playing with before I met you was a lighter roast and it was bec- coming out sour. Uh-huh. That's what started me down the path of changing my ground. Yeah, because it's Nick. I had that lighter roast I was getting and it wasn't espresso roast. I'm like, hey, what's wrong with this coffee? It's like soury or yeah. something. And then so, you can go coarser in in adjust you can adjust for somehow yeah but there's a limit yeah 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 there's a range that you can kind of play with Uh okay so you can do a non-espresso kind of roast you just are might have to play with your settings a little bit and And it will always be it bright as we say you know the the terminology with wine it's going to be citric or acid while if it's more medium to dark or medium roast you will feel more the chocolatey traditional notes that will blend nicely with okay and then so an espresso a proper espresso grind should be fine fine like yeah powdered powdered. yeah yeah okay so now one more question for you on the stovetop machines for years when nick and i started this business i needed some coffee at night to stay up because i was getting up at like 4 30 in the morning and we were staying up till midnight and trying to you know i had kids and starting a new business and i was losing it so i needed coffee later at night than i usually had so i got the stovetop um, mocha is it a mocha machine they, they call it mocha pot a percolator, oh, percolator. Yeah, what what kind of coffee i always thought it was like an espresso what what am i brewing because it is pressure based yeah what, what what am i actually brewing in those machines for those of you who don't know it's a machine that sits on your stovetop everyone's seen one it's usually silver kind of like a skinny middle goes wider at the bottom and top you put the coffee grind uh, grinds in the middle, usually finely ground, yeah. and the water at the bottom. You put it on your stove, and then it it uh, the the water boils, and the steam provides the pressure. Correct? Exactly, exactly. So that is, in theory, it was an alternative for the espresso. Uh, it was very the poor, famous. poor man's espresso. You know, it was very famous in Spain, Portugal, but what happens with that method 
it is that because of the temperature, because water need the it has to boil to come up. Oh, got right? it. So you're kind of harming the flavors. So the temperature is 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 100 degrees, and then it burn the the grounds. So it tends always to be bitter, uh, regardless of the coffee that you use. I I have used it. It has its place, can be enjoyed as well, but that's the Got trade-off. It. Okay. So tell us the story of Firebat. Where, where does the name come from for Firebat Coffee? So, uh, you know, it, it took a long time really to come up uh, with the name. Like you are soul searching, basically. And it's part of your identity, right? Yeah. And, and, and we wanted something with fire, again, because of the amount of volcanoes that we have and how important it is for coffee, the, the, the volcanic soil. Um, so we kind of had that part reserved, something with fire. And then we, we started, yeah, what can be a symbol that can project our spirit, right? And um, bats, um, they are pollinators, by, by the way. So Are they? Yeah. They are pollinators. They uh, You're protect. Me bats play an important role in our ecosystem. Yeah, oh, and they protect the the forests in 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 rainforests. So basically, they they keep the insects at bay and they uh, spread the seeds always a little bit further, a little bit further, so that the forest can grow. And when we were uh, again uh, embarking in this project, we were like, you know, we we are using other senses than the usual ones, violating all the rules of business and everything. We're like, kind of, we felt a little bit blind in a way, but with this kind of inner sonar, right, that is telling you, uh, do this, do this. And so the bat, uh, in the Mayan mythology, which is the, the you know, the ancient civilization of uh, our, you know, that territory, uh, Mexico, Guatemala, El Salvador, it means change, change of habits. So experiencing the, the, the coffee that we usually were getting, we were like, no, you know what? There's, we can change this. We, we can do something different. And uh, yeah, very humble, small animal, but it does a lot of things. Yeah. So we chose the bat and just merge it. Cool, <laughs> cool. So for anyone listening to this, what would you like them to know about coffee that we haven't discussed yet? Is there something, you know, just about it that you always find yourself repeating yourself about coffee? I think that it's a fruit. Most people don't know it's a fruit. Most people don't know that you can enjoy a really good cup yourself using like a French press. Yeah, right? I, I, I say maybe people don't, uh, they, they are unaware that uh, the vast amount of flavors that can be packed inside a coffee bean. That's what I'm always, and they're like, how? But these are like watermelon. How come this got into this? I'm like, it's the most complex beverage on earth. So one of the ones that you're selling off your website, what are the flavor profiles of some of the ones? You, I know you have an espresso roast. We well, have, what else do you have? You so, have lighter roast. Too. Yeah, most of them are in the medium to light uh, world. So we have one, La, Las Ranas, which is uh, like red fruits and, and notes of nugget. We have the Shangri-La, which is a citric, clementine, and molasses uh, type of coffee. The Don Jaime, uh, predominantly honey, apricot, red cherry, acidity. Um, and we have the Calera, which which is uh, awesome. It's very chocolatey with an acidity that would resemble like raisins or the skin of a prune. Um, Milady, uh, which is ve- again chocolatey, uh, cacao nibs. Uh, we have a decaf option. 
What, what's your most popular? Um, among the connoisseurs, it it it's one that right now we are um, we don't have stock for that. It's the Roxanita. That was berries, pure berries. Like you have put strawberries, blackberries, and right now I feel like Don Jaime is getting that place just because of how exotic it is. And I'm gonna sneak into your store, uh, to your roastery, and have some of this. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you. I'm just gonna show up one day. Yeah, and so that that's one. And then for the the people that they like more bolder coffees, it's the Milady. Okay, the Milady. And and and, and uh, where would pe- is it to go to the website if they want your coffee? Do you want to call out one of the store, or is it just the website the best place to go to? Yeah, I would say that the website because usually with our uh, retailers, uh, they order some of them. So if you want to have the whole line. It will be the website. The, okay, the and that's firebatcoffee.com. Right, yeah. and on Instagram, it's uh, your handle is firebatcoffee as yeah. well. So yeah. I guess people can ask you even questions. I don't want to say this, but I guess someone could throw a question on now. Instagram. I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're active on your Instagram. Super active. Yeah, okay. Uh, Nick, I feel like there's more to talk about, but in the interest of time, I think we'll wrap it up there. Is there anything else? This is more coffee talk than I've had in my whole <laughs> life. So, <laughs> And you will. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. When we travel in the summer, our families go to Croatia. And I pack my beans. I take my grinder. I le- I left it over there now. So I have mul- multiple French press. I have a scale that I bring back and forth. And uh, I just can't tell you. It's it's a really uh, it's 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 fun, you know, to to go through this whole experience of testing different coffees out. So now to run into you and know that you're roasting them right here in Oakfield, bringing them up from El Salvador. And what do you call it? Is it a single source or? Yeah. So that is now the the fourth wave of coffee, which is very. Whoa, we just, Nick Nick. We just got the third wave. Yeah. What's the fourth wave? <laughs> The, the I'm on the first wave. I'm on Taster's Choice still. <laughs> no, the, the fourth wave is really a, a more intricate relationship with the producer. It is more... Uh, okay, kind of like a farm to table in the restaurant world. But not only you go once a year and you buy it, but more to be, you know, in a, in a medium to long-term relationship with producers. Oh, like, well, like I was joking, investing in the farm and doing kind of, that kind of stuff. Kind of. That's happening where people are just taking a proactive approach. Yeah, yeah. Now, the world's changing. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool to hear. Yeah. I, I, I you know, I, I think, yeah, we want a world where people can do what they what they love to do mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah, yeah totally we're absolutely with it. and i yeah. feel sometimes in urban centers like a big city like toronto sometimes you feel separated so to get these little moments where you can feel connected back to agriculture and the world in that way i think is really important and healthy for all of us yeah um yeah. Gustavo. Am I saying your name properly now? Gustavo. Gustavo. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. for. I mean, this is you didn't have to come in here and do this and share this, but your passion for this really comes out when you talk about it. So really, thank you. Welcome to Canada. We are honored to have such a beautiful family like yourself coming and working in Oakville. Um, so feel blessed that we have crossed paths. And thanks for putting on such a great show for the team when we had all the team tasting the coffee. That, that was amazing. Thank so you. Thank no, you. thank you. Thank you very much. We're so happy here. Um, I'm not going to lie. Winter is, is tough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but overall, it's 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 a great place. Awesome. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, everyone. It's Tom Gratis. Hopefully you enjoyed that talk. I definitely did. And listen, this is the Your Life, Your Terms podcast. So we sometimes talk about real estate, but sometimes we talk about just living life on your terms. And sometimes that involves a lot of coffee talk. So that's why we discuss coffee. But if you are listening to this and you do want real estate specific information, the best place to go will always be rockstarinnercircle.com. We're putting up new articles regularly, new videos regularly. You have access to our classes from that website. You can download free copies of four different books now on 
on that website. Um, the latest book just went up a couple months ago. Some of this information has taken us years to figure out and we're putting it into books that we're giving away for free. And the reason that we do that is that we hope that you will download the books and at some point you will think that we've shared enough value with us that you might explore working together with us in some sort of capacity at some point in the future. That's why we're doing this. So you can go to www.rockstarinnercircle.com to get all your real estate information needs fulfilled. That's it for now. Until next time, your life, your terms.